0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The Lord be with you, Lord. <clears throat> At that time, Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to little ones. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy, and my burden light. The gospel of the Lord. Praise The human heart is hardwired for peace. We long for it. When we don't have peace, we search for it and we try to do anything we can to be able to attain it. Sometimes we go to great lengths simply to be able to seek after this elusive thing, it seems, that we know as peace. Our Lord put that desire in our heart, so he knows that it's there. And he seeks to respond to it with the gift of faith. Think about how many times the reality of peace is called to mind in the midst of our simple practice of faith. We can think that the first thing that our Lord said after the resurrection was the words to his disciples, Peace be with you. We recognize that one of the things that we say immediately before Holy Communion is we pray, we beg, Lord, grant us peace. And in the sacrament of reconciliation, The priest prays the prayer of absolution, not only granting pardon, but also peace. We long for peace. And today the scriptures tell us how to make sure that we find it. In Zechariah the prophet, a whole variety of things are said. The prophet Zechariah has has many things that kind of point towards the coming of the Christ. Many things about the life and the ministry of Jesus are, are, are kind of pulled back to Zechariah, even though it was 500 years before the life of Christ. And Zechariah, being a prophet, they prophesy things that they don't know when they will happen, where they will happen, how they will happen, in what manner they will happen, but they know that because of divine inspiration, it will happen. And one of the greatest of those prophecies that Zechariah uttered is what we hear today. Rejoice, O daughter of Zion. Rejoice, Jerusalem. Your king is coming to you, meek and riding on an ass. What a great gift. Whenever we hear that prophecy, though, a lot of times we simply see that the, the king coming on a donkey is a sign of humility, that he comes humbly. He comes simply, and indeed he does. But even more so, in the time of Zechariah, for a king to come on a donkey meant that he came in peace. If he came on a horse, he came for war. So the king comes to bring peace. And the interesting thing is he doesn't do as all the other previous kings had done. To be able to establish peace in a kingdom, typically what happened is you came in with your stronger army, you crushed the littler army, and you established peace because you have the power. Power crushes power. And eventually the next one comes along and it happens. There's a whole cycle of this all through history. But this king does something different. Rather than come and crush. His enemies with power and with authority to be able to fight violence with violence. He comes and just simply by his presence, wickedness is banished. The bows of the mighty are gone. The chariots of war, gone. The horses of battle, gone. And not because they did anything against him, but simply because of his presence, they leave. Indeed, a king of peace who ushers in an entirely different reign of human life, something entirely other than what the world has seen. And we know that that king came to the world on Palm Sunday around the year 33 AD. His name was Jesus of Nazareth. And as he came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey, he came not with swords, he didn't come with violence. He came with an supernatural authority and power, but he didn't exercise it over anyone to be able to crush them. Rather, he came and he simply took on whatever was thrown at him. Through the sufferings of his passion, he endured it. Even climbing to his death on the cross, he endured it all. And it's on account of that that he establishes his kingship. Not despite it, but on account of it, because of it. The cross becomes his throne. And there he reigns as the king of peace. Not by violence, but by obedience. And this is the strange twist that Christ shows to us. The the new thing ushered in is not trying to be able to take power by authority. By our own strength, by our own might, by our own will. But rather submission to the will of God. And there we find true power and authority. And there we find peace. And it's that peace that Christ invites us to. In St. Saint, Saint Matthew's Gospel, we hear the Lord is sitting down speaking to a large crowd of people. And this is almost to the halfway point of the Gospel. He's just called the twelve disciples and kind of given them an intro course, a crash course in being disciples and going out and doing the mission, doing the work of Christ. And he comes and he sees that he's done so many things already. He's done numerous miracles and great and wonderful miracles in a whole variety of places. And yet so many look at him and they do not repent. They don't turn away from their sin. And it's directly after that that the Lord says, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. He looks at how we so often we try to provide for ourselves. I try to have power for myself, my own control, my own authority. To be able to make myself God effectively. To be able to control my life, to control my world. And every time it ends up empty. Every time we end up going back to our sin, we end up falling once more. And he sees it all around him. So many people who continue to rely upon themselves rather than God. Despite the miracles. And his response... Just come. You don't have to do it yourself. You don't have to do these things. Just come, listen to me, learn from me. Submit to the will of the Father. Be obedient like me to the will of God, and you will find peace, you will find rest. The burdens that you carry through the course of your daily life, and every one of us has burdens, they become light when we join them to Christ. Because Christ's burden is easy. And he shares ours instead. Take my yoke upon you. The yoke meant for two, right? The two oxen were drawn together. That they were united so that one wouldn't unevenly pull the weight. And so Christ says, my my burden is easy. Yours is heavy. Come, let's share. I'll lighten your load. I'll take it upon me. Don't worry. If you submit to the yoke of Christ we find ease, we find rest. Ultimately, we have to choose to serve our king rather than to serve ourselves. Or as the opening prayer alludes to, that the Lord saves us from being slaves to sin. And the ultimate reality is, in the end, we're all slaves to something. Either we're slaves to sin or we're slaves to Christ, period. So to submit to the slavery of Christ because it's a slavery of love and a friendship, of closeness, of how he draws us in. Rather than being slaves in so many senses that the world often sees, a slave of Christ is one who is simply filled with his love. We do all things that he desires because he is love and we know that we will find peace in him. And so we place ourselves under the care of Christ. St. Teresa of Avila is a great Spanish religious sister, a nun, Carmelite, who is also a doctor of the church. St. Teresa has a book called The Interior Castle. And The Interior Castle is a a work where she describes the, the human soul. And so basically she goes through and she describes how the soul is like a castle. We have many rooms, many places within us where we progress and we move through the spiritual life from room to room to room. And each room has a special significance and purpose. And so today I wanna go with you and walk with you, not through a castle, but through a house. Imagine your own home and to walk through it with me as we reflect upon the kingship of Christ. Is Christ king of everything in our home? As we walk to the front door, maybe to the front porch, it's the visible place where the world can see us. Do we allow ourselves to be a visible witness to the love of God, the power of Christ, the King of Peace? Certainly we can do it behind closed doors, but do we allow ourselves to express our faith in the midst of the community, in the presence of all? Do we allow ourselves to submit to Christ there? Going through your front door, walk into your living room, The place where we experience family life, community with friends, where we have recreation and entertainment. Do we allow those places to be submitted to the will of Christ? Or do I try to satisfy my own desires, exercise my own will in that place? From the living room, we go to the kitchen. The kitchen is the place where we have food and drink. And this is one of the great catches, is oftentimes when we lack peace, we try to fill that lack of peace with food and drink. In the kitchen of our soul, are we intemperate? Do we, do we try to fill up peace with Christ? simply by the things of the world, to fill up our stomachs instead. To go to the next room, to the bathroom. The bathroom is the place where all of our imperfections are made clear before us. We haven't put on our face yet, huh? where we can see all the the spots that are not exactly the same as we would desire them to be. And we look at ourselves, and sometimes we love ourselves too much, but more often than not, we love ourselves too little. We don't submit ourselves to the love of Christ. Love your neighbor as yourself. Sometimes that's not really a great thing because we don't love ourselves very much. So there to submit ourselves to Christ. The next, to go to the bedroom, the place where we find our rest. But also, do we submit our sexual life to Christ? Or do I try to control my own things, control my own desires, rather than to submit them to that of Christ? And lastly, to go to the favorite room of the entire house, the laundry room. Who doesn't love the laundry room, huh? Maybe another place would be the the yard outside or the garage. But all of those places, regardless of which one it may be, are a place of simple work. Where we do the things of daily life. Where we care for our clothes, care for our family, tend to things that are in need of fixing. Do we allow the daily work of our days to be submitted to the will of Christ? Or do I try to claim that little piece of time for myself? In the end, it's to look at our entire house and to know that Christ is a King of Peace. But if we don't submit into the entire house, if we keep that one door closed, if we keep that one room locked off, we will not experience the peace that we desire. And so he invites us to come, to join ourselves to his yoke, the yoke of obedience, to submit ourselves to the will of the Father, because it's the will of the Father that brings us peace. And so indeed, you who labor and and are burdened, come and find rest. Lean upon the heart of Christ. Lean upon him who loves you, and you will find peace.